3, 2, 1, and I am live, I think. Today's episode is brought to you from my, my bedroom in my hometown, Yall County, Cork, Ireland. I'm slightly caught up with a cold today, so hopefully that doesn't interfere with the production of the show. And this episode really is just a recap on some of my favourite moments of the podcast. Uh, it's nearly six months old now, so I thought it'd be nice to recap on some moments that I thought accelerated the programme from different guests. It wasn't initially initially my plan to uh, create a podcast in December. It's just a bad time for podcasts, really. It's hard to get guests. People always push out to the new year. And, yeah, I was kind of going to just take a break till January. A lot of new cool stuff coming up in the new year. We're going to have the video side of the podcast and maybe some live events. And, yeah, more on the storytelling side of it. So I'm looking forward to the new year. And, uh, yeah, hopefully you enjoy the shows. So this episode, really, I'm going to look at some key moments. And I'm also going to discuss some behind-the-scenes stuff, how I got such and such a uh, uh, guest on the show because I do get a lot of questions of how I got these guests because the show was quite fortunate to have some high profilers on the last few months but I'm going to kick straight into it the first clip and snippet it really is from the podcast I had with Charlie Mullins the celebrity plumber and on this clip me myself and Charlie discussed PR and marketing for small and big businesses but we also discussed how he broke into that celebrity A-lister market in London so yeah enter Charlie Mullins you're known as the plumber to the stairs where you have clients such as Daniel Craig Simon Cowell Joanna Lumley Richard Branson just to name a few People only dream of getting those clients. So how did you break into that market? Yeah, well, look, you know, in London, especially central London, it's highly populated with, you know, a lot of sort of famous people, politicians, um, entertainers, uh, you know, just, just in general, a lot of important people, and you know they have plumbing problems, same as anybody. And you know, it it, it, it goes by reputation again. You know, we, we back in them early days, we worked for people like Michael Winner, who was one of our first celebrity customers. Um, you know, late Michael Winner, and you know, uh, if you work for a celebrity customer or a normal customer, and 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 they recommend you, you know, and normally, you know, celebrity people are more more friendlier with other celebrities and more entertainers or more famous people. So it's really just word of the mouth. So once you sort of start working for an I-class clientele like that, um, and if they're going to recommend you, they recommend you to a similar type of people. So, you know, we very quickly become known as, um, you know, the plumbers to the stars kind of thing. Um, and it's really it's really down to recommendation, um, you know, no, no, nothing other than that. And then, you know, we also broke very much into the PR side of it um, and getting ourselves on the telly and, and, and sort of in the news and that and again you know these type of people you know see you on there and they're more inclined to be using you um, because of your status yeah and that's a very interesting point because you hear a lot of small business owners saying they hate being in front of the camera they like being behind the scenes and nobody knows their name but to really accelerate your business you kind of do need to be a bit of a media person well, that's right I mean look we're probably one of the first you know plumbing stroke service companies to really break into uh, the PR side of things and um you know, this was probably um, something like 20 years ago now, when, or yeah, 18, 19 years ago now, that we broke into that. And, um, you know, people often say to me that, you know, how important is PR? 
Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredibly important uh, thing today because, you know, there's so much social media out there, there's so much stuff on, on, on the internet, there's so much stuff on, on TVs um, that people rely on. And, you know, there's no be- better way today than to advertise yourself than via social media or, or via PR. And, you know, people often, you know, bigger companies say to me, you know, they're not sure that they can afford the PR. And, and my answer to that is, you know, can you afford not to have the PR? It is so important, you know, to, to be portrayed out there. You know, we rely a lot more now on the internet and looking into things. And, um, you, you know, it, it, it's something that, you know, I believe to be a great successful company, the, the, the importance of it, you know, whether it be something like this, a podcast, you know, whether, whether it be a, a news item in, in a newspaper, whether it be something on the radio or, or TV, you know, we rely on, on that source quite a lot, and um, you know, it, it, it's definitely made you know Pimlico Plumbers the company we are today. So yeah, that was one of my favourite clips of Charlie Mullins, uh, a part that really got some attention from other people, and they asked me about the celebrity side of it, did anything more, and the PR side of it. So that was an interesting part of the show, and just to tell you how I actually got Charlie on the show because Charlie is on TV every second week and I thought it was a bit of a long shot but I just emailed their marketing and media coordinator and just said look I was always a big fan of Charlie and his charisma and just wondering would I be able to get him on the podcast for an episode and within a couple of days yeah Andrew no hassle uh, Charlie's free on August 15th 11am could you come in and record and it was like Christmas came early to be honest and it gave me a good idea when you're dealing with these high profile people that you have to be very prepared you ha- your content has to be in, or- in order your te- the technical side of things has to be in order because these guys are time savvy and they don't want to see people come in wasting their time this isn't right that isn't right so you really do have to hit the ground running and it gave me a good foundation for going into other future podcasts I have to say so moving on the next part of the show I'm going to introduce a girl that got lots and lots of attention when I released the show is Alice Living Alice is absolutely wonderful person and I remember when I reached out to her agent saying could we get Alice on the show and no, no worries I told Alice that I wanted to level out the male and, and female listenership problem that I had because it's predominantly male orientated and Alice is like love to help out and it was a wonderful gesture because Alice could be doing a lot of paid work and just to come in after a 12 hour day and record an episode was absolutely fantastic and I can't thank her enough and she's doing phenomenal stuff at the moment for charity and for different brands and for herself so a lot of credit due to Alice so yeah the clip I'm going to play next is when Alice described about dealing with her abusive relationship in her mid-teens with her boyfriend and yeah we really got into depth about how she escaped the trap so yeah hope you enjoy the listen and for teens who maybe are struggling with relationship male and female but it seems to happen to female a lot more than male mm-hmm. where can those people go to get help or how did you escape the trap uh, well my, mine was a difficult situation in that it ended in an assault while I was at school which meant that I had to go to court um, so mine was kind of ended for me um, but I think for those that I mean it's really difficult abuse is 
a very tricky, complicated thing. A lot of people won't realize sometimes that they are in an abusive relationship. And I certainly didn't for a long time because you are like beaten down to mentally and physically to feeling so low and so lacking in confidence and lacking in um, like just knowing who you are and you trusting your own judgment um, that you believe you deserve what you're getting. And it's, and it's the, there's a really interesting kind of like now when I think about the psychology behind it, it always starts very small and it's really important that teenagers are aware of those small um, things so that they can kind of catch it before it gets any worse. So that's things like being overly controlling. So checking people's social media, checking people's phones, wanting to know where you are all the time, questioning behaviors, um, just the language that they sometimes use, you know, putting people down constantly. Um, it's just a way of, of undermining someone's confidence and making them think that they are, aren't good enough in some way. Um, I think the control thing is massive as well. And it's that psychological manipulation that can trick someone into, into being, uh, behaving differently to what they think they would. You know, I on paper would have never have imagined myself to be in the situation that I was. You know, I was in my head, a smart, intelligent, confident girl that was, you know, at a really good school that was doing really well, that came from a loving family. And yeah, it happened to me. So yeah, that was Alice Living talking about some of the relationship abuse she received in her mid-teens with uh, an ex-boyfriend. And I suppose that clip itself and that podcast, I remember before that podcast, it was like 91% male-dominated listenership for the North Avenue show. And like a week later, it was down to 70-30 just on that podcast alone, which is quite phenomenal. So again, I can't thank Alice enough. Um, moving on to an episode that really helped accelerate the program and got my highest amount of downloads ever in one day was with Sean Doyle, the CEO of Aer Lingus. So I remember I contacted Sean in August and I said, would you like to come on the show? Because Sean's actually from my hometown and y'all here in Southeast Ireland, Cork. And he was like, the first thing Sean said to me actually is, Andrew, how can I help your business? And just for a guy in such a high senior position to say that was a, you know, a wonderful comment to make. And yeah, we got the recording done. I think it was around the second week of November. So if anyone wants to listen to that episode again. And I never came across a guy either listen to podcasts on my own or interviewing, but absolute fluency when he's speaking, just every question fluent and uh, yeah really enjoyable podcast and I said it brought the show to number one in the Apple podcast marketing category in Ireland so I, I can't thank Sean enough and it was absolutely really really enjoyable to be in his company for that 30 or 40 minutes we recorded the show so enter Sean Dial. And just going back to speak about aircraft, Sean, I know earlier this year there was the first first ever solar-powered flight. And I'm just wondering, will there be that kind of Elon Musk-type innovation in the airline business in the next 20 years? Will I fly from, from Heathrow back to Cork Airport on a fully electric flight in the next 20 years, do you think? I think it'll take um, probably a longer incubation than maybe electric cars and other forms of battery-powered devices, but it's a huge area of research. 
Because um, essentially the aviation industry are the bad boys in the carbon footprint world. Well, I think, you know, aviation at the minute is about, you know, can be up to 2% of global carbon emissions. Um, but the drive towards efficiency in terms of the existing technology has been, you know, very marked. Uh, I think the emissions of the average, you know, kilometer traveled by air are about a third of what they would have been 20 years ago. And airlines are continuously striving to get their hands on the most efficient technology available. Um, you know, we have become the first airline group to commit to net carbon zero by 2050 and significant reductions by 2030. And everything we do now is about reducing or, or offsetting our carbon footprint. Um, you know, we were the first to commit to emissions trading. We were one of the early adopters of Corsia um, because we understand that, that sustainability and carbon is a defining feature of, um, you know, the way we have to do business. And we want to take responsibility and ownership of everything we can do to be more sustainable. So I don't think the industry um, and certainly the part of the industry I work in is, is putting its head in the sand at all. In fact, we're being proactive, but also acknowledging the, the kind of period over time where you will get the type of technologies that other industries have will probably take a little bit longer in aviation. Yeah, so that was Sean Dyle uh, discussing possible incubations for electric airplanes in the future. Um, yeah, so really enjoyable discussing with Sean about that subject. And moving on to my final moment that I really enjoyed was down at Stamford Bridge at Chelsea with Carol Sowell. So, yeah, Carol, I, I got in contact from through a friend of mine in the same office building who actually joined his startup uh, program, the Edge of the Box Club, uh, which is held on a monthly basis in Stamford Bridge and doing some fantastic work for startups like really at at no charge either you go in there with an idea they help you develop it and what a network Chelsea FC have I think they have around 500 million supporters worldwide so it's a fantastic foundation for people to join who have startup ideas and I have to say I really really enjoyed the episode of them so yeah, the next and final part of the episode is where Karen and I discuss about the initial meetings with a startup company and what they'll actually do if you join Chelsea's Edge of the Box Football Club. Right, I've just had a startup and I wanted to join a startup program and I go to you, Carol, and just say, I need more help. Uh, I'm not a native Londoner, I don't have a huge network. Um, Chelsea fan and football fan what's the first thing you'll do if I join the programme what's, what's the process uh, well we'll probably say you're probably going to fail yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know when, when startups come to us um, you know it's quite, it's quite we're quite refreshing with them so you know you're probably you've, you've gone into a job centre in London um, and you've said look I'm looking to start my own business you know so that's a really good place for us to, to work because that's our niche those really early stages you've literally just got an idea we're really good we work with those guys so in all the London job centres now if you go into one of those and say look I'm looking to start a business you actually get referred to Edge of the Box Club you get referred to Chelsea Football Club so that's come a long way and then you know of course so many times you have to answer why the hell are Chelsea doing it and it's like well and you go through the whole thing and it's like wow that's, that's really interesting because we don't have to do this you know, then we can just play football, it's fine. So we are doing it because we really believe in it and we want to do it. So when people come along on that first kind of step with us, you know, we do kind of say, well, you probably will fail, but you are going to get some great experience, some really key skills, some great, you know, a mindset that might, you might go and work for someone else still, but that's great. And it is good because we say, yeah, you know, starting a business, you're definitely going to fail. It's part of doing it. So get over it. It's great. It just gives you other ways to do it. Feel fast. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone wants your product. Yeah. Don't worry about that either. That's great. You know, just go and find a small group 
that you built it for, look after them. Don't worry about everyone else. Anyone that's saying no to your product, that's fine. You do, they can do their thing. They're going to find their own products and services that they need. So it's kind of like being straightforward with them, but also being quite, you know, sort of refreshing and saying it's, it's just part of the journey. Yeah, so that was Carol Saltwell in charge of Chelsea FC Foundation and Edge of the Box Club. So yeah, that brings me to the end of the show. As I said, I just done a recap. I didn't really plan on doing an episode for December because this, that and the other is going on. But a lot, lot planned for the new year and there'll be probably more than one episode a week um, when it comes into February time so I'm looking forward to the new productions in the new year and looking forward to providing new content and thanks again for all the support over the last uh, six months it's been absolutely outstanding and I think I said it on one of my social media posts before that when somebody texts you really enjoyed your show um, really enjoyed this guest and that guest it does really go a long way because it's that positive energy that people really feed on negative energy people don't and it's always good to get negative feedback however but it's that positive ones that just makes it worthwhile and keeps driving you on and keeps creating so can't thank you guys enough and just hope you enjoy the episode and have a lovely christmas and a happy new year over and out thank you